Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Craft to Career Show. I am Elizabeth Chapel, your host, and I'm going to start off by reading a review. And it's not just any review. I'm going to read it first and then tell you who it's from. So this review says, Uplifting, Inspiring Coaching. I have been following Quilters Candy Box for years as their business has grown and evolved. I've always enjoyed hearing from Elizabeth as she has truly been a student of growing a thriving and impactful business out of your favorite hobbies in this digital world that we live in. She is so personable and you can feel the genuine happiness that she has as she works with others to grow their passions into successful careers. More episodes, please. This comes from Texas Stallion. (laughs) who's actually here with me today. That is Brad Chapel. He is my husband and the biggest cheerleader, supporter, financial backer, all of the things of Quilter's Candy. He's actually a financial advisor, but he's not here today to talk about finances per se. He's here today to just share a little behind the scenes, what it's like up close and personal to be with Quilters Candy in the passenger seat, if you will. So, Brad, welcome. Uh, Texas Stallion, please. Uh, (laughs) It is good to be here. I feel like I've finally made it when I get asked to be a guest on the Craft a Career podcast. So, I'm thrilled. I'm a little nervous. Um, You know, just... When I'm around my wife, I just want to want to perform well. So you, you make me more nervous than other other crowds would. But I'm excited to be here. Yes, excited to have you here. So okay, Brad and I each wrote a few questions for each other, and we've not shared with each other what the questions are. So you're gonna get our raw, unfiltered responses. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Sure. I mean, let the interviewer become the interviewee, I guess. I could go first. Okay, all right. You um, go for it. I don't have a great order, but I've, I've got several things here. But I, I thought, speak, speaking big picture and thinking big picture, if you were to fill in the blank or answer this question, just what is important to you about Quilter's Candy Box? Is it still Quilter's Candy Box or just it's Quilter's just Candy? Quilter's Candy. <laughs> okay, so not a whole lot about Quilter's Candy Box is important to you anymore. But what's important to you about Quilter's Candy? Okay, all right. So what's important to me about Quilter's Candy? Um, the biggest thing, I think, is one, that it's something that I evaluate regularly that's bringing joy to my life and not something... I mean, you've really helped me with that one to like evaluate, is this bringing me joy or is this causing more stress? There's always going to be some stress with the job, Mm -hmm. but um, to eliminate the things that aren't necessary, that aren't bringing joy and really narrow down to the things that I love to do. Um, And that changes from time to time, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that is, I think of the conversations we have most frequently related to Quilter's Candy, the business it comes down to thinking about how do you define success? What is success for you? And and maybe you could share a few specifics. I'd be curious to hear today, you know, now, how do you define success with Quilter's Candy? How is that different 
And there's not a right or wrong. I mean, everyone's definition of success, how, how might that be different from how other people might define success for their business? And how has that changed over time for you? Yeah. Okay. That is a good question. That's about eight questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what is success for me with this business right now? Yeah. Um, and yes, that has changed over the years. So success for me right now with Quilters Candy is, I mean, there is still a little bit of me that wants to, this is like a struggle to not care. Like, how much am I earning? How many followers do I have? So as much as I don't want that to be a thing, I, I actually have to like remind myself that that is not what the success is. What I really want my success to be right now are the human connections that I have with people. Like, um, I so in two ways, in the membership, I actually really cherish those friendships. I like joke that those are my friends, but they really are. Yeah. So um, that human connection is important to me. And then I also like sincerely want to help people grow their own successful business. And so like making those friendships and connections is really meaningful to me, but then seeing them any of my students or anyone take something that I've shared and help them find success with that, that's really powerful and cool. Yeah. And and I would think that that's, that's a harder metric to measure success because there's quantifiable things that you can, can measure, whether it's followers, whether it's income and that's an easier way, I, I would guess, to chart or, or you know, review your, your progress over time. Um, but, but having your metrics of success be more qualitative and warm, fuzzy in nature, um, what, what helps you to, to feel like you're making progress or to stay happy and feel like I'm progressing in my success when you can't measure it as well. I mean, is that, is that something you struggle with at all or? Well, it's funny. Cause as you're, <clears throat> as you're just talking, I was like, it actually can be kind of hard too, yeah. because, yeah. because sometimes the relationships don't go the way that I want or, or we fall out of connection or touch, you know, cause our past they're, they're now succeeding and spreading their wings. And, and there's a little bit of me that's a, as much as that's what I want, all of a sudden they don't need me anymore. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute, you know? So it's, it's, it's a good thing, but it also presents its own. You're right. It's not quantitative. Like you can't look at a piece of paper. I, I mean, really when I see someone from my course launch a pattern and, and I can see that it's a lot of people are liking it and reposting and they reach out and say, Oh, a distributor asked if they could buy it. And I mean, those kinds of things I'm like, yes, they are doing it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And you so, feel joy and satisfaction from that. And, mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, one of the thousands of things that I love and admire about you, but <laughs> in a business setting, uh, I mean, <clears throat> Elizabeth is a business student and, and I don't know how, I mean, you are listening to a business podcast while you're like typing something else and you have a Netflix show going on <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, I can't, I can only do one small thing at a time, but I would think, you know, a lot of the, the business courses and podcasts and instruction that's out there 
is, I mean, and I went to business school. I mean, it, it is centered around profitability and earnings. And, you know, it seems like there, there obviously is a certain amount of that that is important. You have to be taking care of your needs and your family. But um, have you found places in some of the books or things that you've read that have helped with not just the profitability definition of success, but bigger picture? Types yeah. of things. I mean, what? I joke. So I recently found out who Russell Brunson is and I talk about him and his stuff all the time. I'm sure Brad's like, who is this other guy yeah. that you're talking about? Yeah. But he, um, when he talks, he talks a lot about the value that you're offering. Like, cause sometimes with some of the business stuff that I study, it can feel slimy or yuck or like, yeah, that that'll work. But to what end, you know? And with him, the way he presented it really resonated with me where it's like, this is not – the rest comes, but when you focus on serving your audience and bringing them the most value that you can give them, it's more fun. That I, that really resonated. That was like a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. So. And sometimes hearing it from someone besides your husband <laughs> yeah. is validating a little <laughs> bit, you know. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. No offense taken there. Uh, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> so, Okay. Um, can I, should I go a few more before you? Yeah, yeah, I'll let okay. you go to yours first. Um, one of the things, you're not asking me this question yet, but if you were, <laughs> um, you know, one of the biggest dangers in growing this business, and even it seems like with sports or celebrities or everything, is the pitfall of comparing and, and comparing yourself to other people. And I love, there was an analogy that you gave. And when you're in the middle of it with yourself, it's hard to sometimes see this. But when you're on the outside, it's so obvious. But I loved, and I might ask you to, to share, and then maybe I'll, I'll jump in. But this analogy about you know, a great band and their following compared to a band that has way more commercial success um, can you can you share what you shared with me if you remember that yeah, about yeah. about why all these other bands that may not have as much commercial success are so important still and it's not like oh we're just not as good or as important because we don't have the yeah so I think I don't know maybe the Lumineers <laughs> or Strumbellas some band that I like a lot that I listen to and it brings me a ton of joy to listen to. There And then I was comparing to Taylor Swift because I also like her and her mm -hmm. album just came out. And I just was thinking it was a moment where I was going through this. Well, why am I not as, you know, whatever. Successful as, as this or big as them or, yeah. And I thought, well, what if the Strumbellas thought that and stopped making music because they weren't as big as Taylor Swift? You know, how sad. It, sure, the impact wouldn't be as big, but like the people who love them, that's a lot to them. It means a lot to them. And so how sad if the world were only full of the people who were top of the chart, number the one. Yeah. It, what, there's no diversity. There's, I mean, there's many, many audiences to be served besides just the big, you know? Yes. And there's something so fun and cool, like introducing, oh, I love this band. And I get to be the source of introducing this to someone or this show or this obscure movie that I found and, and how much joy the small loyal following of, I mean, there's a band we love, the National Parks, that um, I feel like they're my friends. 
they don't feel that way about me, no, maybe. They do. They they do. do. Actually, yeah, they have said that. <laughs> They've written that to me uh, in a text message that was personal, mind you. Um, but yeah, I mean, what if what if they stopped producing music because, you know, they weren't Coldplay and Coldplay is bigger. So, I mean, just <clears throat> as you apply that to your businesses, I've loved how you've shared that um, all of these smaller businesses that start out, you grow connections and a loyal following. And even if it's not with millions of people for the tens or the hundreds that you have that are loyal to you, you mean a lot to them. And, and what a shame if you quit because you weren't, you know, the Walmart of, of stores or something like that. Um, that those little stores mean a lot to people, even if they're not the biggest, the biggest one on the block. And you'd remind me of that, which is funny that I came up with that analogy because often you'll be like, remember that? I'm like, oh, yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> what would you tell yourself, Elizabeth, <laughs> yeah. in this situation? You say, if you were coaching someone else, what uh-huh. would you say? And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, when you just have to separate those, those personal emotions. Um, okay. I'm curious, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Chapel from Quilter's Candy, what, what has been some of the most helpful things when you have felt discouraged, and we've talked a little bit about this, but um, when you have felt discouraged to move forward, to continue pushing forward, what has helped you to get the motivation, to get uh, to power through the times that have been really hard or that you felt like, am I, why am I even doing this? Okay, yeah, there are definitely times where I ask, why am I even doing this? And for one, I know deep down that I, I do love what I'm doing. So even on frustrating days, I know I wouldn't give this up. You know, I'd mm-hmm. rather have this in the frustration <laughs> than not have it. Um, what was the question? What? What do you love about your husband? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on. No, it was. Uh, what has been the most helpful uh, to keep you motivated and moving forward when you feel discouraged? Yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes it's like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but it's, it's like pride a little bit. Like, no, I'm not going to give up. And especially if someone says no, or something doesn't go well, you can't do this. uh, Yeah. You can't do this or different things I've heard here and there, which probably were meant with no ill intent whatsoever. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to prove that wrong. Like for Mm -hmm. that person who said this, I will become that, you know? So that, I don't know. That might be an ugly thing to admit. Oh, hey, it keeps you motivated. (laughs) Um, Okay. On a sad note, if Quilter's Candy had a funeral, (laughs) what would you want said? (laughs) It's always a romantic question to ask. Um, What what would you want to have the people say about it? Um, you know, if it was a, uh, I think just that it, it brought them joy that, that they were able to have some connection, human connection and a friend and yeah. that the patterns, the, the lessons, the camaraderie, whatever aspect that they connected with, that it, that it made an impact in their life for good, you know, yeah. hopefully a lasting impact. That'd yeah. be really meaningful. Yeah. Um, this isn't written, but I call it inspired, call it what you will, but I just thought of this, you know, it's been interesting as you've grown this business and you have become the face of Quilter's Candy, but to so many consumers and customers, 
Uh, I, I would love to hear your comments about, you know, how the business is a person and how a lot of customers and, and consumers or, or people in general can kind of dehumanize who they're talking about or to and the things that they might write about it or, or expect or the tone that they might have when they're frustrated. I mean, could you comment a little bit about how maybe that has affected how you try to view other businesses um, knowing that it's ultimately a person who's, mm-hmm. who's behind this brand, who's behind this thing. Um, what impact has that had on, on your uh, treatment or, or perception of other businesses you do, you do interactions with? Yeah. I mean, for one, I feel like I've made enough mistakes along the way <laughs> that I really try to give someone the benefit of the doubt. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm human and I still get my feelings hurt and whatnot. But I really try to, I've been on the receiving end of someone's frustration and and anger enough times where I'm like, whoa, hang on there, yeah. you know, yeah. that I feel like I can approach things with a little bit more of like, let's just not jump to a conclusion right away, you know, of, right. of they obviously did this wrong or, you know. Mistakes that kind of can be made and it's human. And, and they're still good people. They're unintentional know? or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um. What what was the question again? <laughs> I don't remember because it wasn't written down. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was just you know it, it seemed like I know early on some of the emails or comments of things that you would get and it, the the person is thinking they're just gearing this towards the business, mm-hmm. but they're forgetting that. Well, hold on, you actually you are the business, mm-hmm. you are the person, and that is a the business is actually a person. Um, and so I remember early on that being kind of painful and uh, it hurt emotionally having someone kind of attack it mm-hmm. um, and to, to maybe hopefully evolve to not take it quite so personal. I think you've outsourced some of those things yeah. uh, that has helped with that. And then, and then um, just comments about that really, which I think you already did. And, and then maybe how that has affected how you interact with or, or maybe what grace you give other businesses that might goof on something or. And, you know, when I do get an email from someone who's frustrated, like recently I launched a Facebook ad, my first Facebook ad ever. And it was for a free pattern. And I would have comments from people saying it's too expensive. And I was like, what? And I just instantly jumped to like unbelievable. And then I realized the link wasn't working properly, you know? And so there's anyways, I've just learned that, first of all, when people get frustrated and angry, it's not about me. You know, I'm still human and it still hurts initially. The sting isn't so bad, though. And and I've learned, I don't know, maybe because I've had more positive than negatives. But watch today, I'll get like 10 bad emails or something. But um, I don't know. And then I'll usually joke about it with someone like, and I don't share names, but I'll call my sister or something and be like, you've got to hear this, you know, right. and share and just joke yeah. about it. Otherwise it's either joke or cry about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes both. <laughs> Excellent. Well, okay. Hey, so far I've loved this. So yeah. Same. Thank you for, I've been dying to ask you this and just, there hasn't been the right time. <laughs> and so thank you for scheduling this. Yes. So, all right. Any more questions or should I jump I, in? I do have some rapid fire oh, okay. uh, questions that I heard you do on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. And I thought 
give the people what they want. They <laughs> yes. want to hear these answers from Elizabeth. So I, I look forward to that, but I would request to do that at the end. Okay. All right. We'll save those for the end. Okay. All right. So Brad, rewind a few years. What did you think when I first told you I wanted to start a monthly subscription box for quilters? Well, um, <clears throat> at first I thought that you don't have, I haven't heard you talk a lot about quilters. Um, and one of the things I love about you is you are ready to jump full steam ahead into whatever idea you get at that moment and figure out the details along the way, uh, where most people like to figure out all the details and then jump in. But I also know you well enough to know that you will figure out a way to make it successful after you're already in, you know, it's kind of like jumping into this water and I don't know how to swim, but I know I'll figure out how to swim before I drown uh, along the way. So I, I thought, you know, I know if I'm supportive, you'll figure it out one way or the other. And, and that also you don't want too much of my advice on it either. So <laughs> I do remember you saying, well, can you write up a business plan? I was like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but, but I'll I have pivot no along the way and <laughs> adjust. But, um, yeah. Okay. So moment of truth. Did you think that the business would be successful and that it would last? Well, it comes back to that definition of success, you know, like, I was confident that if 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 we spent enough time figuring out how do we define success, yes. Um, but my fear was I don't want this to be a bigger source of stress and anxiety and pain than it is marginally increasing your joy. But I, I was confident that, um, and I've seen you as a student enough of different things that you will figure out how to make it a success, but defining that it might be different than something else, you know, and I think you've done a really good job of that. So I don't have this written down, but I am curious to hear your opinion. So I've done a lot of different ventures since we've been married. I taught mm -hmm. swim lessons. I worked at anthropology. I was tutoring, started a tutoring business. Nanny. Uh, nannied, uh, started a fashion blog. I don't even know when I started this, if I thought that it would last, like, why do you think this has stuck? I think it has satisfied your itch of a lot of different things, right? That I think you like having some big project that you can really dive in. Um, you love being creative. You love beautiful things. You know, you, you love trying to make things look pretty, whether it's pictures, whether it's our house, um, whether it's, you know, quilt designs or, you know, that that's, you love, you love taking pictures. You love people. Um, you love meeting a new person and, and learning about them. So this has, has been a path that allows you to feed on all of those different areas that are really interesting to you. And it's not super heavy on the quantitative things uh, that you don't enjoy. <laughs> and, and you've done a pretty good job of, I won't share the details of <laughs> some of our first financial meetings, <laughs> um, but you've done a good job of figuring out where are my weak spots and blind spots and pain points 
frankly, that I don't enjoy. And then, you know, partnering up with the right people or outsourcing those to the right people to where uh, you don't have to feel too responsible for those areas, you know? Yes, this is true. So that brings me to my next question. Do you remember how much money I borrowed to start the business? I don't know. You might still be borrowing it. Uh, I don't know if that's past tense, but I think you, I don't, it's all one big happy pot of money uh, together. But I, maybe it was 10 grand. Does that sound about right? It was five. Five grand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about mm-hmm. five grand. And then I was going to ask how long till I paid it off, but it sounds like you still <laughs> think I am. <laughs> no, I, I, you, you are a net positive financial contributor to the fa- Chapel family. So you have, you have paid it off and then some plus interest. So, um, and do you remember how long it took for Quilters Candy to be profitable? Yes. Probably maybe a year. Okay. Something like that. So Brad, what has it been like for you to have Quilters Candy in our lives? I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, see that high pitch? I, I have a hard time believing. I don't know. So. I don't know what that means. <laughs> when I go high pitch like that, no, I enjoy it. I like in our relationship that there are some things that I'm really interested in that you are just supportive of, and it wouldn't be a great dynamic if I was the only one that had those. Mm-hmm. And I love that you have some things that you're really interested in that I get to play the supportive role with. Um, and it gives you a great outlet, again, kind of thinking of those those areas that, that you need to get your fix with. And it's people. It's creativity. It's something that you can be a student of that isn't hard, quantifiable number things. You don't love that. But being a real student of building something that's meaningful, that's successful, um, that that invigorates you and it keeps you motivated and thinking and, uh, yeah, it gives you a, just a great, a great outlet to, you know, maybe it's something that I, I like that we both have those side things that we're passionate about and interested in and we get to share, mm-hmm. um, and then we have things that, that, that are our own that way and the things that we have together, Um, and I mean, ultimately it's all together, but there's some things that I'm the supportive role and there's, you know, I mean, I love sports and stuff and you'll support that and pretend to be interested. (laughs) And sometimes you really are. Um, so I think it's been fun. It's, it's been fun to be able to just talk about different things together. It's kind of like as a married couple and you, you're building your first house and there's lots to talk about and figure out your, your parenting and you're figuring out how do we do this together and different, you know, roles and different strengths and weaknesses that you have and I have. And so how do we work together to, to make the best of that? And I think this business has been a really fun one to, to put some resources into and uh, has provided, I think, a lot more happiness than it has pain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, two questions. One, I, in an average week, how many days do I come to you at some point in the day and say, Ooh, let me tell you about seven, <laughs> seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I, I look forward to those, you know, and well, it's not stopping. So no, <laughs> no, but it's, it's fun that you have stuff that you're thinking about and interested in. And your business is one that you don't have. Like it's complicated having a business partner or something like that. It's kind of your thing. And mm-hmm. so you're on an Island in many regards. So 
you know, my job, I have a team and we're kind of a lot doing a lot of the same things. So, um, I think it's important to have somebody who is on your side, who is your fan, who can listen and, uh, appreciate it. And ultimately I've learned very quickly that if I tell you something, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you have to come up with it and feel it yourself, yes. you know? And so I think so much of it is just having a sounding board to share, get everything out. And then it might just be me reminding you some things that you've said before or mm -hmm. giving you some perspective that helps you realize here's what I'm going to do as opposed to Elizabeth, here's what you need to do. That Which doesn't that doesn't go over really well. Well, even like recently, there's been a few things where you're like, <clears throat> I, I've gone through and learned it the hard way, and you're like, well, I mean, in nice in a nice way, but basically like, <laughs> told you so. Yeah, I mean, in a nice way. <laughs> but I mean, so anyways, I thought about being a business coach. Like, how effective am I really? Gonna, are people going to listen? I think it's different when it's a spouse. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not many spouses <laughs> love being told what to do by their, by their <laughs> no, spouse, No, but I think it's been productive overall and, and, and really for everything, I think people have to come to, they have to experience it for themselves to come to their own conclusion to get real buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's true. Um, and sometimes that comes from having a bad experience and you learn from it. And sometimes you just, it makes sense and you learn without having to have the experience it yourself, you mm -hmm. know, to go through yeah. the pain of it. So so if you were to like give a percentage, oh, and this comes, I want to keep this in mind with listeners too. Happiness isn't about always being happy 100% of the time, yeah. you know? So with this business, what percentage of the time would you say that I would say, I love this as opposed to what am I doing? Why am I doing yeah. this? I think yeah, I would cause, I would kind of classify it as what is your energy level? Is it a real positive excitement energy? Is it a, I'm a little bit beat down, hurt or sad energy? And I think it's probably 75%. Oh, Brad, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> or, oh, I can't wait to launch this. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> or I can't wait for this. Oh, this podcast, this guest is so fun, you know? And, but then you have to have some contrast. There has to be some pain and some work and to really appreciate those other things. Um, and frankly, I mean, you have to, that has helped you to learn to where you have really evolved what your business has become by doing lots of self-reflection of, okay, right now I'm frustrated and I'm stressed. What, what could I do differently? And whether it's like, well, having our house full of boxes and inventory that I've bought and I feel like I have to sell it all or I don't break even and feeling the weight of that every single month, well, that was stressful. So how can we adjust it to where for some people, maybe that isn't stressful, but for, for you, that was. Um, and just finding other things where I think one, one challenge, this isn't what you asked, but um, – one challenge is there are lots of things that are out there that you think, well, oh, I could, I could do this and I could also do this. And this person's doing this kit. Well, I could do a kit and I could also do this. And, and yes, you could do all of them and they could all be profitable. But if you look at this, like marginal happiness and income relative to, you know, work and pain ratio, some things have a much more attractive ratio than others. 
and and being able to say no, even though this is something I know I could do, but it's not the best thing. And if I say yes to this, it means I'm saying no to something else. And and over time, I think you've done a really good job of figuring out the things that you want to say yes to with your time and your energy to be more the things that are both you know, meaningful from a business standpoint and meaningful for your ultimate definition of, of success, which is increasing your happiness by increasing the happiness of others, you know? I mean, I just picture us going on a walk behind our house yep. on that trail, telling you my ideas and you so kindly and lovingly, like, I don't even know how you said it, but like, what's your main goal here? Is this going to help you reach that? Or, yeah. and me being like, you're right. I shouldn't do that. Like I, that's yeah. just going to get in the way. Well, and it doesn't mean that it's, it's wrong. It's just not as good as the other things, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, I mean, with coaching basketball and we tell the kids, Hey, we can get a, a, an okay shot off or a good shot off, but let's, let's work till we get the great shot. We can get a great shot and, and kind of a lot of these things are good that you could do, but let's, let's focus on the great thing. Uh, your your unique special focus uh, and and the more you do that the better it is mm-hmm. yeah I like that let's see what um, oh, well I don't know maybe we just covered this what's the biggest advice you feel like you tell me over and over because truth be told Brad is my biggest business coach and cheerleader I think the the biggest thing is continually reevaluating and reminding yourself why you do this because I think the most common trap that you fall into is reading about or seeing someone else's success and feeling like oh I'm not doing as good as them or I'm not I'm not here I'm not that well there's always going to be somebody we can compare to but but our ultimate success is happiness. And what what is going to bring you the most happiness? And I love when you first started this, you know, you wanted to make sure that you created a space that it wasn't super protective of all your secrets. And I don't want to share anything because it might infringe on my ability to be successful relative to someone else. Like, Let's let's have a structure, and I think you've done a great job of building your business to where it does have a structure to where other people's success increases yours. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what brings you the happiness. It's not this number of followers. It's not X amount of income. You know, you don't want to do things that aren't you to increase your income. You want to remember, well, why am I doing this? Okay, I'm doing this to increase my happiness, and I am most happy when other people are successful so I can take great happiness and pride in that and not get so hung up in comparing myself or, you know, other, some of those other little things. Um, hmm, I like it. Well, Brad, as you can see, you are my biggest like life coach. You really are this therapist for me, which you didn't know you were signing up for when you married me, but thank you well, for doing it. You provide the same things for me in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Brad, I really do appreciate it. I mean, from day one, had the roles been reversed, I think I would have probably been like, yeah, you're not doing us. You've never even quilted in your life. You're not doing a quilting subscription box. But no, from day one, you have just been, this is awesome. Let's do this. Like, so supportive. I don't see a lot of 
spouses in the world who are as supportive and generous and like just really getting behind what makes me happy as you are. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Well, it it is fun. I mean, it is every day is exciting being married to Elizabeth and you always have those wheels don't stop spinning and you always have fun (laughs) ideas and you know, the wild horse has got to run, you know, you, you can't put it in a, in a cage. And so I really enjoy it. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And I, for me, I knew it was really important early on and every relationship is different. But for me, I knew that I don't want to introduce things into our relationship that could be an additional source of contention or stress. And I knew that I don't want, to, not that I, because I don't support you, but I know that I don't want to be your part, your business partner. Mm-hmm. I want to be your life partner and your support person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a much easier role because if I'm your exact business partner, then suddenly I'm going to have opinions and you're going to have opinions and we might, you know, bat, bat heads a little bit on some of those things. I don't want to deal with any of that. I just want to be supportive. And that has allowed this passion business of yours to become accretive to our happiness as a couple, as opposed to a source of stress or contention or, Mm -hmm. or some of those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Cool. Well, should we do the rapid fire? Yeah. Give the people what they want. Yeah. (laughs) Give the people what they want. Here we go. Elizabeth. Um, let's see. Are you a morning person or a night person? Night owl. Yep. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite summer activity? Hmm. I mean, ideally in my mind, I like to go hiking in the mountains in the summer, but then when it comes down to it, I'm like, Oh, let's just stay inside. So I don't know, maybe reading a good book okay. in the shade. <laughs> while, while thinking about a hike on the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's one of your weird quirks? Uh, I don't like hair on my body except for my eyebrows eyelashes and hair on my head okay i get a little obsessive about that okay describe yourself in three words caring creative i don't know what uh crafty crafty careery okay there we go (laughs) (laughs) okay um how about this what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning When you get up in the morning? Uh, Brush my teeth. There you go. Uh, Let's see. Where would you go if you were invisible? North Korea. There you go. (laughs) Uh, What's your biggest addiction? Sour jelly bellies. (laughs) (laughs) How many books have you read slash listened to so far this year? So it is May the 4th be with you uh, today. Oh, I'm going to say 20. Okay. And that's true. I've witnessed that. Okay. When I dance, I look like... What? Fill in the blank here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say Elaine from Seinfeld, <laughs> but we'll just say Mellow. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what celebrity annoys you the most? Lindsay Lohan, I feel like such a jerk for saying okay, that. Okay, we love you, Lindsay. Came to my mind. Huh? Okay. <laughs> um, if you could get a yacht, what would you call it? Uh, Quilter's Candy. There you go. 
There you go. What TV sitcom family would you like to be a member of? Um, Life in Pieces. Okay, yeah, that's one. That's one you have shown me many clips yes, of. Okay, yes. uh, what store do you shop at the most? I don't know, J. Crew. Okay, what was your favorite book growing up? The Giver. Okay, let's see. If you could teach any grade or subject, what would it be? It would be college. Okay, and it would be something with writing or entrepreneurial. Okay, what fashion trend do you just not get? Mom jeans, and the name is. Very offensive as a mom. <laughs> okay. Um, last one. Last one. Let's see. Uh, where, where? What's your favorite place to watch TV? Uh, in the TV room. Okay. <laughs> that is a great closing Ta-da. question. <laughs> that is a great closing question. Well, Elizabeth, this has been a real pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show, yes. Brad. Fun to sit here in your closet together. Yes. Thanks for being a part of this episode of Craft to Career. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you do not miss an episode. Also, leave a review. Let me know what you're enjoying from the show and what things you'd like to hear more about. I will see you next week on the Craft to Career Show. Have a good week. Bye.